Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intelligence, forecast, and strategies. And today we're going to focus on the forecast and give you some strategies to be ready for the future. Today our show is called The Future of Commercial Real Estate. My guest is Daniel Burris. He's founder and CEO of Burris Research. He's a keynote speaker. He's a business strategist. He's also a global futurist. He's also the author of six books, including the best-selling book called Flash Foresight. And Daniel's joining us today on Skype. Daniel, thanks for being with us. Hey, great to be with you, too. Well, Daniel, um, a futurist. So for our listeners and viewers who may not know what a futurist is, what is a futurist? Well, I think in a way we're all futurists. Whenever you make a prediction about the future, uh, you are becoming a futurist. But to be a professional futurist, you have to have a track record of being right or you uh, won't get hired to do too much. So about uh, 30, over the last 35 years, uh, I've been, I've written six books. Uh, I've written literally thousands of articles that have been in everything from Harvard Business Review to Wired. Uh, and have given a couple of thousand speeches around the world uh, helping people to uh, get an edge on tomorrow by understanding what's going to happen before it happens. What drew you to this vocation? Well, I, I started out teaching biology and physics, so I'm a science guy, a researcher by heart. I say that mainly to help you to understand that my methodologies are based on research. Uh, I've started, this, as I mentioned, six companies over the years. One was in aviation, I had 37 national locations in the uh, first year on that, and um, actually five of the six were profitable in the first year, and three of the six were national leaders in the first year. So I don't just write books and give speeches, I actually do this. As a matter of fact, uh, back in early 2010, I actually uh, disrupted real estate by creating the first uh, national real estate apps. I had something called Complete uh, foreclosures, another one called Complete Homes, another one called Complete Rentals, and uh, we were the 17th most downloaded app in the first week. Uh, I found a way of getting recurring revenue out of it uh, that, you know, and it, uh, and I ended up licensing that software. So now when you use a Zillow or a Realtor.com uh, mobile apps, you're using a foundational engine uh, system that I created. Uh, that's fantastic. So you've been around real estate and you know, running those successful companies the way you've done, you've understood you know, what is, is coming down the road. And, and one of the things there is, is technology, right? And technology has been changing uh, pretty quickly. Uh, should we expect it to change faster? What do you see there? Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, the company I've had the longest, I've sold five of the six is Burris Research. We've been around for you know almost 35 years now. And uh, basically, I came up with a methodology back in the early 80s for uh, accurately predicting the future of technology. So rather than just predict the future today in this interview, I want to also give people a little sense of uh, how you can do it yourself and how to be more accurate at doing it. At the foundation is separating what I call hard trends Hard trends are the trends that will happen, guaranteed. You can't stop them, and you and uh, you, but you can see them coming when you know how to look. Soft trends are based on assumptions versus hard trends being based on future facts. And a soft trend might happen, but again, the key word is might. And the reason I share the hard trend, soft trend, teeing that up in the beginning of this for you 
is that uh, strategy, whether it's personal strategy or investment strategy, if it's based on uncertainty, you have higher risk. However, if it's based on certainty, you have low risk and high reward. So in a world of uncertainty, what I'm doing with my methodologies, with my books, like you mentioned, Flash Foresight, uh, is to teach people how to find certainty in an uncertain world, thus lowering their risk and raising their ability to innovate and grow. Yeah, and how important is that? I mean, with the listeners to our show are typically people who run companies or invest in real estate or help people who do those things. So understanding the or getting some handle on what might happen down the road is certainly important to, to everyone. So technology, so it should change faster or the same speed? It seems like, especially in commercial real estate, there's been a lot of new technology companies and things happening in the last couple of years. It's just been crazy. Well, let me take a couple of minutes to explain how it will get predictably faster, all right? So, um, in, back in the early 80s, I came up with uh, the what I called the three digital accelerators, and they are creating predictable change. And uh, the three, I'll give them to you very quickly, uh, processing power, basically think of Moore's Law, uh, processing power doubles every 18 months as the price drops in half, so imagine me back in the early 80s when I found that and discovered that in 83, I could know how powerful a computer would be in the year 2000 and how much it would cost, thanks to Moore's Law. Well, if I knew that, I could make a lot of accurate predictions about how we'd be using it, which I did. But I needed more than Moore's Law, so I came up with a law of storage and a law of bandwidth. They track fairly closely. And again, they've been very accurate. The thing for this audience to understand is they are creating exponential change. Exponential means two becomes four becomes eight. And when you have exponential change, it's slow in the beginning, 80s, 90s, the early 2000s, but then it starts going extremely fast. Uh, so we're going to, if you think of that change like a hockey stick, we're at, at about where you would put your hands on the hockey stick. In other words, we are in the, what I would call the holy cow phase, <laughs> going faster all the time. Yeah, and that's amazing. I was talking to someone yesterday, and they were talking about the new iPhone, and if you just bought it, how expensive it is. And then they thought about it for a second and said, wait a minute, now, maybe it's not expensive. You really got a very powerful computer that compared to some of the old computers, it's just a lot more powerful than, than those that we were paying tremendous amounts of money for, right? Well, and more importantly than that, most of the computing you're doing on your smartphone is not based on the chip in the smartphone. It's based on the supercomputer in the cloud. So when if you've got an iPhone and you're using Siri, you're not using the chip at all in here. You're using a supercomputer that is what makes Siri work. Uh, the same would be true if you're using uh, Watson or any of the other uh, apps that are tapping into those things. So really, you have a supercomputer in your purse or in your wallet or wherever you might have it. And I mentioned wallet because they're going to get smaller and smaller. As a matter of fact, our smartphones, uh, we're wearing them. Some of our, uh, our watches are getting those capabilities, not just from Bluetooth, but even uh, on their own. All of this gives us the ability to do things that were impossible just a couple of years ago. So uh, let me just share a little interesting statistic with you. 43% um, of the revenue from IBM last year came from products and, and services that were impossible to do two years earlier. Wow. By the way, will that be, 
less in the future or more. And you already know it'll even be more. So we are in a period of digital disruption, but what is important is predictable digital disruption. And that represents opportunity for those who take the time to see it and understand it. You mentioned technology. Let me just give you a quick take on that because I know we've got a, a break came out, coming up in not too long a time. And that is there are three drivers of predictable hard trends. Demographics, for example, there's 78 million baby boomers and they're not going to get younger. <laughs> they're going to get old. It's like, oh yeah, shucks, right? Uh, secondly is regulations. When we have a new regulation, you have some amazing uh, predicting capabilities. And a lot of people would say, right at this point, we haven't had the election yet as we're recording this, uh, not knowing who's going to be president, you cannot predict what's going to happen with regulations. But I would say you can predict a lot. You can't predict everything. For example, will we have, regardless of who's elected, will we have more regulations around cybersecurity? And the answer is, of course, yes. Will we have an increasing globalization of accounting and auditing uh, standards? And the answer is yes, doesn't matter who is president. You see, there are technologies in place that are creating exponential changes that uh, go beyond politics. It actually is impacting how we live, work, and play, and they need to be dealt with. Yeah, uh, those are good points. So our topic today is the future of commercial real estate. And my guest is Daniel Burris. He's a founder and CEO of Burris Research. And he's written some great books, including Flash Foresight. And, and I've had the opportunity to see some of your speeches. And I we're going to get in some things after the break where you can understand what's going on with with bandwidth with technology the way people are changing their lives and the way they work and live and how they shop and how that might impact real estate how it might impact office use how it might impact retail use uh, how it might impact industrial use so stay with us uh, right after the break we'll be back with daniel burris and be sure to connect with us on linkedin twitter and facebook uh, we'll be right back after this message. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about the future of commercial real estate. My guest is Daniel Burris. He's a futurist. He's also author of a best-selling book, Flash Foresight. And before the uh, break, we were talking about in the previous segment um, the new technology, the mobile, and how mobile technology is really impacting everything, including commercial real estate, the way we shop and the way we work. Well, now we have a new iPhone that's just come out. So how, what might change immediately? What, what does this mean? Well, let's talk about, uh, for a second, the iPhone 8. Whoa, we just now got the 7. Yeah. And you would say, nobody knows about the 8. No Apple employee has left it in a bar. How would you know about it? And I would say, actually, you already know a lot about it. Let me just talk about how you can see the future better by teaching you this through the iPhone 8. Um, will the iPhone 8 have a faster processing chip in it than the iPhone 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, or 1? I bet it and will. Of course. You already know. So there's a future fact. Yeah, that'll happen. 
uh, we've got 3G wireless, we got 4G wireless, is that it? Or could you tell me what would be called, what they'll call the next one? <laughs> it'll probably jump to six. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be five and then six followed by seven. Yeah. Um, and uh, will they be able to get more data in the iPhone 8 than the 7 than the 6? And the answer is, well, of course they will. Uh, we know that as a fact as well, another future fact. Um, so you're starting to get the idea. And, and think about the cloud. We're putting more and more data in the cloud. Uh, is the cloud getting full? Uh, well, no. Uh, <laughs> in other words, there's a lot we can tell about the future. Uh, very quickly, as a uh, example here, back in uh, uh, early 2010, when I was writing my book, Flash Foresight, I decided to apply the principles of the book to starting a company with no employees and uh, no money while I was running my other businesses, and just to see how good it was. And uh, one of the things that I'm teaching you is hard trends versus soft. So at that time, mobile apps were really not for business at all. Matter of fact, it was like, how can you make your phone look like a beer? So when you pour it like this, it looks like you're pouring beer into your mouth, 99 cents. So uh, I asked myself, are mobile apps uh, going to, is that a fad or is that a hard trend that will get larger? And I, of course I knew it was a hard trend that would get larger. And will they be used for business? And I could see, well, with certainty, they would be used for business. And then I uh, asked myself, well, how? So I came up with about 100 different applications for them. Uh, for example, putting a little sensor on your dog's collar so when it's lost, you can find it using your phone. Um, remote disease management, uh, logistics purchasing, uh, customer service, customer support, all done on your mobile phone. I could see that even though it wasn't happening. And I knew a principle I want to teach you all now, and that is if it, if it can be done, it will be done. If you don't do it, someone else will. I knew with certainty, because these were hard trends, all of these things would happen. And if I didn't do it, someone else would. So one of the things I realized is uh, real estate. Will we be using mobile phones and mobile apps to sell real estate? And I saw with 100% certainty we would. And that's how I came about creating the first national real estate apps. So I think what you should be doing is asking yourself at this point, what aren't we doing with mobile? What are the things that uh, could create uh, disruption and better yet, transformation uh, of our uh, existing uh, products and services. Let me put this in a strategy that we can use, because I think I also like to make uh, interviews like this as useful as we can. Think of it this way. What we're going to see over the next five years, with all certainty, is not a change, but we are going to transform every business process in a short five years. Processes like how we sell, how we market, how we communicate, how we collaborate, how we innovate, how we train how we educate, how we pay for things, how we secure our emails and our uh, desktops. That's not going to be changed. It's going to be transformed over a short period of time. Now, the hard trend is the tools are there to do it right now. The, question, the soft trend is, will you transform your processes? That is soft. I don't know. That's up to you. But the good thing about a soft trend is you can do something about it. You can decide to just let disruption hit you uh, like a slap in the face, or uh, you can instead say, I can see that disruption coming, and I think I'll be the disruptor instead of becoming the disrupted. You actually do have a choice.
Right, and you say five years, so that's uh, that's 60 months, and you're talking about pretty major disruption in kind of everything that we're doing. So it, you're really predicting that it's going to happen quite a bit faster than what we've seen lately. Exactly, because and again, I've got 30 years of being right about these things, so it's not just some guy you're talking to on the phone. <laughs> this will happen. Here's what I'm getting at. Um, are you changing your business processes? Because if you are, you're going to be falling behind every year. We're no longer in a period of change. We're in a period of digital disruption. And there's a difference. And let me help our, our listeners and our viewers understand the difference. When I was a young guy, I could listen to one uh, album per spinning disc. It was about this big, 33 and a third. You might not even be able to see that on your video. And I could listen to my Pink Floyd and my Jimi Hendrix and my Almond Brothers. All right, you know how old I am now. Yep. And I could, uh, I could listen to that on that spinning disc. As I got older, a change came along. I could listen to one smaller spinning disc called the CD per album. And I liked that change, I, not just because of the size, but it got rid of all the hisses and pops and scratches of my old music. So I got all my music on CD, and I like that. That was a nice change. Today, I've got all my music and all my videos and access to the world in my smartphone. That didn't change how I listen to music. It transformed it. So what would I do with apps and mobility and smartphones? I would have you ask yourself, how can I transform my business processing using my business processes using mobility? That's a lot better question than asking yourself, should I get an Apple or should I get a Samsung? Right. And that kind of brings up, I think, in my mind, what's going to happen with the future of TV. I mean, that's got to be uh, disrupted here quickly, isn't it? Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, uh, it's our nature to protect and defend the status quo. When um, uh, very famously, when the iPhone first came out, uh, the CEO of Black. Barry made a very predictive statement. Uh, he said, why would anyone want to watch television on a phone? <laughs> and of course, I knew immediately to short that stock. Yeah. Um, so, but what was he doing in his mind? Well, he was protecting and defending what he currently had instead of embracing the future and rapidly bringing BlackBerry into the future, which of course he didn't do. Kind of like Kodak, which spent, uh, what, 15 years protecting and defending film. Um, kind of like Blockbuster, protecting and defending, you know, all the Blockbuster stores. So I think it's important to not be protecting and defending, but when you get a hard trend, a future certainty that is hitting you, you need to embrace it and then look at how can I use that to increase my growth, my revenue, and yeah. my profitability. Yeah, well said. And we're talking to Daniel Burris. He's a futurist and talking about how technology is going to change the future of how everyone does everything and how it could react and how it could change commercial real estate. So when we get back, we're going to talk about some of the technology and how it might impact office use and the strategies moving forward there for your business or your real estate. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com.
Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today we're talking with Daniel Burris. He's a futurist. He is also an author. He's authored six books, including the bestseller Flash Foresight. And Daniel, before the break, we were talking about the, the new iPhone that's come out, uh, how technology is changing things. And it seems like the use of how we use and how we design office space and the square footage per employee, a lot of things seem to be changing pretty rapidly in how companies use office space. So what's ahead of us? Well, you might remember from the beginning of the show, I talked about three drivers of hard trends, technology being very important, but demographics is another one. And a millennial uh, probably has a different approach to what they want in an office than a baby boomer. So you want to not just consider technology, but you want to consider, you know, what kind of employees do we have? Uh, for example, let's, if we talk about uh, retail for just a second, if your main market is uh, baby boomers, you need to have really good bathrooms and some comfortable chairs. <laughs> if your main market is uh, uh, young millennials and Gen Z, you don't even need a bathroom and you don't need any chairs. So really we have to look at uh, what is the company that I'm, and what is the demographics uh, that I'm designing this office space for. Secondly, uh, with mobile going, getting increasing, does that mean we don't need offices? And the answer is yes, we do. You see, uh, some people can work by themselves, can work out of their house and they do fine. Uh, other people need to be with other people. They need to be able to collaborate. They need uh, rapid communications. They need to be able to get together and huddle. Uh, so not uh, everyone can work independently using Skype out of their home. So, we're, so the reality is there is a need for office space. It is going to continue to grow, but it won't necessarily look like the office space that you've designed in the past. Um, it needs to be far more flexible and you've got to be able to reconfigure it very quickly. Uh, so building change into the plan is as important as the plan. In this case, your plan for how you're using that office space. Also, uh, the companies. In the past, we might get someone that would occupy that office space for 20, 30 years. Uh, now they may occupy that office space for four or five and then they're transforming or changing or growing or shrinking or going out of business and there's somebody else that wants to get in there. So having that flexibility to redesign it, repurpose it with the uh, not just the current needs, but the future needs of the new renter is going to be really important for us. Yeah, that's well said. I think flexibility is very key in everything that you said there with design and uh, the size of your space, the length of the lease and uh, uh, you know, also with licensing desk and things like that. And you mentioned that a lot of we're, we're, we're pack animals, right? We, a lot of us do work better together. But you talked about technology and how that's changing. I mean, you have you know, cheaper storage space, more bandwidth. So do you see more people becoming maybe independent contractors and maybe less being employees and, and, and clocking in at 9 o'clock and clocking out at 5? We're at the base of a mountain of technology-driven innovation. You think you've seen a lot of innovation? You haven't seen nothing yet. <laughs> uh, the ability to uh, transform all these processes is going to let uh, entrepreneurs, which might be a one-person shop or a five-person shop or a 10-person shop, develop all the time. Plus, you have baby boomers retiring, and uh, guess what? Uh, they're going to live a lot longer, and that means they didn't save enough, which means they're going to want to work, maybe not full-time, and they're probably going to want to work at their own business. So we have a lot of 
organizations that are going to be small, think of them as smaller startups starting. And we may want to be able to accommodate startups in, in our, uh, and smaller operations in our uh, uh, build out. So maybe I've got a large company coming in, but I want to have some office space for the smaller ones as well, because that's going to be growing. And remember, good small ones end up becoming larger, needing more office space. They need to grow. And again, flexibility can help that. With that said, it doesn't mean we don't have big companies that are growing, looking for more places to go. So it's really the need for getting together is important. Here's the other thing I, that I wanted to bring out, though, and that's the technology part, not just the human part of getting together. And that is bandwidth. Great bandwidth is going to be extremely important because like we're doing this interview with Skype, we're going to see salespeople not on the phone. They're going to be using video conferencing. So we're going to be doing more and more with video, which is bandwidth. So in other words, we've got to think through, um, do I have the ability to grow bandwidth? Because bandwidth is increasing exponentially. Curve looks like a hockey stick, remember? Mm -hmm. Right. Which means I don't want to be stuck with a certain thing. Yeah. By the way, speaking of bandwidth, it's not all just... 4G followed by 5G, which means wireless. It's also wired, which means fiber optics. So make sure that you've got an environment that can technically grow at an exponential rate, and uh, and that means being able to rapidly upgrade. Yeah. It means planning more of a modular system rather than a fixed system. Yeah, good point. And I think we're, we're learning that a little bit with Skype here. We're getting good reception, but occasionally it... it uh, it changes on us. Well, stay tuned. After the break, we're going to talk about retail and industrial and how shopping online is changing those markets dramatically. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you in commercial real estate brokers? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. First Service Solutions, your CMBS borrower advocate. For requests, assumptions, consulting, and restructuring, Call First Service Solutions at 817-756-7227. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're talking about the future of commercial real estate. My guest is Daniel Burris. He's founder and CEO of Burris Research. He's also the author of Flash Foresight. And... Let's talk about retail, Daniel. I mean, all of us see the changing in the retail environment. The other day, I wanted a, uh, a, a canvas awning for my one of my tables on my deck, and I went to two stores and found like one or two, and I hated them. I came back, got on my cell phone, and in about two minutes, found a huge uh, supply of them, found exactly what I wanted it, ordered it. It showed up the next day. So we're all seeing these changes, but what's ahead of if things are changing faster than they ever have before. Uh, what's the future look like? Well, I'm going to surprise you right now. I think the good old days of retail are ahead of us, not behind us, good. but they don't yeah. look like the old days of retail. They look different where we are redefining the customer experience. Uh, a simple thing, those stores that you went in looking for that awning, 
They could have had. They could have had a. Uh, you know, when you're watching a uh, football game, baseball game, or some other thing on television in your home, you've got a big flat panel screen there. What if they had a big flat panel screen turned this way, and it would have been in the store, and it would have had everything that's available by anyone, and you could have ordered it right there and had it delivered in a day. You would have made the purchase in the store instead of going home or using your and them losing the business. Yep. In other words. The future is not either I am in a store or I'm online. The future is both and, on in-store and online, all converged into one experience. Also, if you look at Apple stores, they were one of the first to go from being online purchases only to having a retail outlet. What do we have now? Well, we've got uh, Amazon, and what are they doing? They're opening up Amazon bookstores all over the country. And we've got other online-only uh, re retailers that are opening up national stores all over the place. But they're not doing what traditional retailers are doing. They're redefining the experience. So I think what we're going to see is some that continue to protect and defend and crisis manage and react to change, and they will be the blockbusters and the blackberries. But then you will have others that see the opportunity in redefining the retail experience in giving you the ability to have infinite inventory when you're in there so I don't lose the sale. Those that understand, like Apple did when they started their store, how to make sure you've got passionate uh, employees that are super well-educated and are excited to help people rather than people that uh, so many retail outlets, when you go in, it looks like you're interrupting their day when you need help. <laughs> right. So uh, it's not rocket science to redefine the retail experience. I think we're going to see a lot of retailers go out of business because they'll continue to crisis manage and frankly, they'll fail. But you're going to see a lot of new ones that want to come in and redefine that experience. So I think we'll see a churn of who's going to be in our commercial real estate uh, environments. But what we need to do is to make sure that we are uh, flexible once again and have the bandwidth, have the capabilities to to take care of the new ones that are coming in that are doing the redefining and the reinventing of what retail is. One other comment I want to make on that that's important. Let's talk about two different, let's call them CEOs of a retail outlet, or it could be a president, however you want to think about it, the leader. You got one, and they think the good old days of retail are behind them. The other thinks the good old re days of retail are ahead of them. Do you think both of them would take the implement the same strategies or different strategies to grow? Different. Completely different. What I'm saying here is that the your success in the future is driven by mindset to a huge extent. And uh, one of the principles that I've been teaching people is not how to be reactive or even just agile. Because remember, agility is reacting faster than your slower competitor. That's the only advantage you get from agility, although I think it's good. What I'm teaching is how to be anticipatory, how to look at the future and separate the wheat from the chaff, the things that will happen from the things that might happen, so that you can anticipate the disruptions before they disrupt. Anticipate the problems before you have them so you can pre-solve them. And anticipate the amazing new opportunities that are there in front of you. So I think uh, my, my wish for you is that you realize, if you're in retail, indeed, the good old days of retail are ahead of us, but it doesn't look like what was behind us. 
you need to look at how do I redefine and reinvent the customer experience, offer online and in-store at the same time, take advantage of the ability to have same-day or one-day delivery, which you can do without being Amazon if you play your cards right and you do a little investigating. And we have a minute left before the break, uh, Daniel, but what would you say to the future of the shopping experience, the shopping mall or the shopping center? What, what, if you owned one of those properties or you look at the future, what does a successful one look like? Most malls are boring. <laughs> they look boring on the outside, then they're boring on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that aren't boring are doing amazing. Again, it's about reinventing the customer experience. Uh, are you attracting millennials or are they staying away from it? Ask millennials, what would attract you to a mall? Maybe you should ask them instead of trying to figure it out on your own if you're a baby boomer trying to figure it out. They could give you some really great answers. Um, ask the Generation Z, the younger than the millennials, what would you, what would you get excited about going to a mall? Uh, you see, I think what we do is we tend to be the ones that are owners and we tend to be baby boomers trying to figure it out and we usually get it wrong. Yeah. So I think, hey, Stop getting it wrong. Start getting it right. Talk to the right people. And again, I think you can do it. One last, yeah. I know it's really short on time, but remember, the biggest tourist attraction in the state of Minnesota is a shopping mall. And uh, that's because the customer experience. It's not just because of the stores that are in the mall. Yeah. And that's a good point. And when you're talking about asking your customers, one of the ways you might do that is through social media. So when we get back, I want to ask you about social media and how that may impact the future and commercial real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. What are you doing October 24th and 25th? Well, come see us at CCIM Thrive, the national CCIM event of the year. Covering hot topics like crowdfunding and big data, this is the one industry event you cannot miss. Visit CREshow.com and look for CCIM Thrive. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. My guest is Daniel Burris with Burris Research, and we're talking about technology and the future of commercial real estate. And Daniel, earlier you mentioned that the way we communicate in the next five years is going to materially change. And it seems like social media is one of those things that seem to be impacting how we communicate. What should we expect moving forward? Well, let's just uh, realize that we are all have created information age companies and we need to create communication age companies. I mean it this way. Is there a difference between informing and communicating? The answer is, well, yes. Informing is one way. It's static and it doesn't cause action necessarily. Communicating is two way and dynamic. Well, the communication age tools are indeed social media. You just don't want to use them the way that uh, kids use them. Uh, you want to use that to foster engagement and so on. For example, you're on LinkedIn. You're on uh, a number of different platforms. I'm on LinkedIn. I think I've got 800,000 followers on uh, LinkedIn right now. I'm in the top 30 in the world. Well, that that happens uh, by creating engagement and by delivering value, just like you're doing with your uh, websites. Well, any of us here could do that or not. Um, So when you see something new, uh, crop up or even some of the old 
social media sites, look at it with different eyes. Ask yourself, what's the business application of that? And you're going to start seeing things you didn't see before. Yeah, that's interesting. I think commercial real estate people have been a little slow to get on the social media wagon, but I uh, moderated a panel the other day at, at Real Estate Group Atlanta, and North American Properties, as an example, has done a great job with social media on some of their projects. So what would you tell us, us in the commercial real estate world if we're a little slow to, to want to adapt social media? Uh, here's what I would say. I love hearing things like that. Because if I was in your field and I heard that my industry is slow, that means the ability to get competitive advantage is going to be actually easier. It's opportunity. So some of you are going to continue to be slow. And frankly, I feel kind of sorry for you because this is going to be an uphill battle. <laughs> yeah. But some yeah. of you are going to realize, wow, because we're slow, there's even more opportunity. And let me give you this because I know we're really short on time. You, can, you don't have to be on the bleeding edge to lead. Um, use hard trends and use the things that we're certain about to create low risk innovation. And therefore, you know, and remember, if you don't do it, someone else will. Right. And your website has a lot of great information, burris.com. What might we find there if we run a business or we're in commercial real estate that might help us? Yeah, well, if you go to burrus.com, uh, I have uh, a, a blog uh, there that I write, um, and I think I've got uh, close to 2 million monthly viewers, so it's one of the largest ones. I think you'll find some good value there. That doesn't cost you any money. There's videos there, there's audios, and there's a lot of content that you can uh, share with people. So I think uh, it's worth taking a look. All right, great. And your book is called Flash of Foresight. It's a bestseller. We're going to put a link to if you want to check out the book and buy it, uh, you go to commercialrealestateshow.com and uh, look at the show Future of Commercial Real Estate. We'll have a link right there. And uh, Daniel Burris, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we sure appreciate you being on the show. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. And speaking of technology, we'd like you to join us, comment on this show, connect with us on LinkedIn, and on Twitter on Facebook. We're also on Google+. Plus. I hope someone else is on there with us. <laughs> we'll see. And uh, so we do appreciate hearing from you and uh, connecting with you. And speaking of technology, next week our show is going to be on tomorrow's technology today. And we're looking at some of the technology directly that's changing the world we live in, specifically the commercial real estate world. So you don't want to miss that show. Please tune in. And also, be aware that if you like, you can be on an email list and get an email each week that has the show topic and the guest because we're doing specific shows coming up that you might not want to miss. So we have a show coming up with the ULI's um, forecast on the commercial real estate market and plenty of other shows that uh, you might find a special interest to you. So until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Valuate, online investment analysis. First Service Solutions, your CMBS borrower advocate. Apto, the CRM for commercial brokers. You're invited to contact these companies through the show website, CREshow.com.